The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Today, we have a powerful lesson taken from the book Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady, and the lesson is Finding the Secret Place. Today, we're going to be discussing what it really means to meditate, turn within, uh, go into the silence, all of the different things as explained by H. Emily Cady and hopefully what uh, God has given me to give or present. And I hope that it helps you enhance your prayer and meditation practices. So let's get right to it because I don't want to waste any time. But I do want to acknowledge that you can call in and speak to me if you want at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. And if you want to listen to the previous shows, don't forget that you can always go on to the Truth Transforms page on unity.fm and listen to all of the archive shows. I'm teaching the whole book on Lessons of Truth. This is the 10th chapter, so obviously all of the the uh, nine chapters before this one are on the website. Also, all of the shows that I've ever done are also there. 
And if you go to anybody else's page, all of their shows are there as well. So make sure you take advantage of it. You can download it directly to your computers and smartphones, etc., and take Truth Transforms with you to your, with your iPods, and iPhones, and etc., and listen to them at your convenience. Anyway, so again, today we're talking about finding the secret place. And last week we talked about the secret place of the Most High. So the secret place of the Most High is this level of awareness, this super consciousness, this Christ mind within us that knows that we're one with God. It is the realm of divine ideas within us. It is our higher awareness. It is our spiritual realization. It's that aspect of us that helps us release the healing power, the loving power, the transforming power of spirit. It is that aspect of us that some people call old metaphysicians used to call the Garden of Eden within. We have different type of terms. If you go to any different different religious teachers, you'll hear different terms for the exact same thing. The point I'm trying to make is this. Now that we know it's there, how do we get in contact with it? How do we commune with this aspect of our own being so it can practically help us in our everyday lives? All right. So I'm reading from the Unity Classic Library series of Lessons in Truth. So I'm on page 125, the first page in the chapter, Finding the Secret Place. And she states, in the second chapter, all the steps that we are taking by speaking words of truth as striving to manifest the light that we have already received are carrying us on swiftly to the time when we shall consciously we shall have consciously the perfect mind of christ with all the love and beauty and health and power which that implies so the first thing she says is this all of the work that you've been doing so far is helping you attain this level of awareness that's important Everything you've done so far, all of the reading, all of the praying, all of the studying, all of the affirming, all of the denying, whatever different practices you're doing are all helping you come into a greater realization of your spirituality. So she goes on to say, we need not be anxious or in a hurry for the full manifestation. Let us not at any time lose sight of the fact that our desire, great as it is, is only God's desire in us. Now, let me just pause there for a moment. She said the fact that you desire it is really God desiring it in you. She quotes uh, the Gospel of John. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And then she says the Father in us desires to reveal to us the secret of his presence. Else we had not known any hunger for the secret or for truth. So. Let's break this down. We talked about in the first chapter, or, or one of the earlier chapters, I'm going to say it's the first chapter, one of the early chapters that desires God tapping at the door of your soul, seeking further or greater expression. So the simple fact that you desire to know God for yourself, not read about God, not hear about God, but to know God, for yourself is the impulse of God in you 
seeking expression through you, in you, as you. If that impulse wasn't there in the first place, you wouldn't even seek it. See, it's a longing. Some would even say it's a divine discontent that comes up when we want the fullness of spirit expressing through us. We know something is off. We know something isn't the way it should be. We're not sure how that works, but we know at some subconscious level that God is the answer. So it's important for us to realize that God is desiring to express more of itself through us. She quotes the Gospel of John in chapter 15, verse 16, where she states, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Now, just let that sit with you for a moment. That you have been chosen and appointed to go and bear fruit. What fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of love and peace and joy and power and prosperity and health and all of the other good things that make up this absolute good that we call God. That you're not just chosen and appointed, you've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. In other words, you are not here to suffer. Joe Goldsmith says it best. He used to have a book out. Um, he's deceased now, but it used to be a book out in print. I haven't seen it in a while. And the, the, the title of the book was Man Was Not Born to Cry. And what he meant that, not have tears, what he meant from the statement or the title was we go through life suffering and crying and in pain and in agony and all of these things. And when we were created to have mastery, authority, and dominion over our lives, does that mean that you won't ever run into any what we call challenges. No, it doesn't mean that. You're going to work through your own soul stuff. But you weren't created to suffer. You were chosen and appointed to bear fruit. In other words, you're here. I'm here. We're here to be the way of God, the way of Christ in our own experience. Or as the unity writer uh, Gary Simmons says, you're either the way of Christ or you're in the way of Christ. Now, she goes on to say on page 126, know once and forever that you are not seeking God, but God is seeking you. Your longing for greater manifestation is the eternal energy that holds the worlds in their orbits, outpushing through you to get into fuller manifestation. You need not worry. You need not be anxious. You need not strive. Only let it. Learn how to let it. Now, this is really a key point. Intellectually, we have been taught by the ways of the world to make it happen. But you can't make it happen in this. You surrender to it. And let it happen. You can't intellectually 
create spiritual consciousness. You can do the you can do everything that is necessary for the process to do to to happen on its own. You can nurture that process. In other words, you can make sure you have your definite periods of prayer and meditation, your spiritual study and reflection. You can do all the things that allow the process to happen, but it doesn't mean you know how to make it happen. I use the analogy with with uh, mothers sometimes that, you know, I ask mothers, you know, do you know how to grow a baby in your womb? And everybody has to say no. It's a process that happens on its own. Sometimes when people don't even know what's happening until obviously the the uh, the symptoms of pregnancy show up. Well, after that, only thing you can do is nurture the pre- pregnancy, do the things that make the allow the the baby to grow in the womb properly. Don't do things that would that would endanger that process. And then the manifestation when the baby is ready, the baby shows forth. Well, we do the prayer work. We do the meditation. We go to class. We study. We do all the things that's cultivating this new level of awareness. And as we continually do it, the breakthroughs start to happen. And next thing you know, the intellect is is transformed because a process that has happened that it didn't have control over, but it benefits from. What I'm saying is simply this. You can't force spiritual growth. In the Acts of the Apostles, it, it, um, it, it is stated that uh, Peter uh, was talking to a man who tried to basically purchase the gift of the Holy Spirit because he wanted the power. In other words, he's like, tell me what I need to do to get this power. And Peter dismissed him quickly because he thought that his human control, wealth or whatever, could give him this power from on high. It can't. It doesn't make a difference how smart you are, what you own or don't own. It doesn't make a difference who you know. The revelation and realization of God in you only comes through the releasing of who you think you are so God can show forth as God is in you. It's a surrendering. It's a letting go. It's the realization that Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, born of a, from above or born anew, depending on the translation. Because when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he knew that Jesus had power and wisdom that he hadn't seen before. He said, I know you come from God. I know God sent you because of what you're manifest, manifesting. You know, basically, what's your secret? You know, because Nicodemus was a member of the Sanhedrin. That means he was an accomplished theologian and leader of people. And Jesus tells this accomplished theologian and leader of people 
you must be born again. In other words, you have to give birth to a new consciousness that's in alignment with spirit. Now, I'm sure that was disturbing to Nicodemus. Because again, he came to Jesus at night because he didn't want, even want to be seen with Jesus. But let's be clear. With all of the intellectual learning that he had, and I'm not knocking intellectual learning, it has its place. But when it comes to the ways of spirit, you have to realize that spirit can guide the intellect and it can be highly effective when guided by spirit. Left to its own devices, it can be really good and really destructive. But you must be born again. The Apostle Paul said, I live, yet not I. Christ lives in me. Hmm. He gave up his identity. The Apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. In other, way, in other words, the old me died. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Daily. It's a surrendering. See, when you do this type of inner work, you can't remain the same. It changes you. It transforms you. Because when you have really touched the hem of the garment within yourself, in other words, when you really made contact with the activity of God within you, when you really made contact with your indwelling Christ, you cannot remain the same. It and I don't want to say forces, but I'm 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 struggling here with another word that is as strong because it comes across as it almost forces transformation. You can't remain the same. It literally presses against your old way of thinking and being. The things you used to say, the things you used to do just don't fit, don't work, are not in alignment because the spirit within you is transmuting you. It's turning the lead into gold. In other words, those lead thoughts and feelings and beliefs into spiritualized thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. This is the process of transformation. When you really want to grow spiritually quickly, you get serious about your meditation time, your prayer time, your communion time. Now, we're coming up to on a quick break, so I want to give you the number again for, if you would like to call in and ask me a question or make a comment. I would love to hear from you. The number is 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Don't forget also that this show, along with all of the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So please click on the donate button. Remember, as Jesus stated, freely you have received, freely give. Uh, support this ministry, this online ministry, so we can continue to spread the good news of God all over the world.
We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. Who are we? Who is God? And what is our life's purpose? Author and minister Ogan Holder found his answers the hard way. Through inner turmoil and doubt, with candor and humor, he shares why it's good to doubt, even if you're a minister, in Rants to Revelations, new from Unity Books. Simply put, to doubt myself is to doubt God. If I embrace God as the very operating principles of the universe, the connecting space between us, the fabric of existence, and that I am the physical embodiment of all that, then how could there be room for doubt in myself? My salvation lies in the following premise. Doubt is the beginning of faith. Read more from Rants to Revelations and order your copy today. Visit RantsToRevs.com. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call him with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And again, we're studying Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady. And we're on the 10th chapter, Finding the Secret Place. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you at 888-558-6489. I know there's somebody out there that has um, maybe had an aha moment, a light bulb moment from something that was said earlier in the show or might have a question or might just want me to undress a statement a little bit more. This is your opportunity. Please take advantage of the time and call and ask the question. 888-558-6489. Also, just as a quick reminder that you can watch the live stream of Christ Universal Temple's Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. Make sure you check us out at www.cutemple.org. 
www.cutemple.org and watch Reverend Wells uh, give a powerful God-inspired lesson and sermon. Hear some good music from our choir and and watch the fellowship. And then after you're so inspired, if you're in the Chicagoland area, please stop by. We would love to have you. Now, back to the book. On page 126, she states, the light that we want is not something that God has to give. It is God himself. God does not give us life or love as a thing. God is life and light and love. More of himself in our consciousness then is what we all want, no matter what other name we may give it. Now, don't miss that. We seek many things, but it's really the fullness of God that we desire. We think it's in the love of another person or in the or in the accumulation of the next thing or even in the uh, you know in in the gathering of more money. All that stuff is great, by the way. The but realize that just reflections of the desire of the soul to know God because God showing up as abundance is one form of God. God showing up as love is another. But the but you gotta have that realization in yourself primarily because if you don't have it in yourself, then if somebody leaves, then you think you don't have love. Or if somebody um or the economy changes or shifts, you think maybe you're not abundant anymore. Or if Things aren't going the way you want them to go. You think you might not be able to have peace. What I'm saying is you can always have peace regardless of what's going on around you. You are love even if you are not necessarily expressing and focusing that love in a way you want to currently. You are love, period. And you are abundance even in the midst of economic change. But that realization has to be in you, that the manna falls daily from heaven, that the realization of truth is always here for me and can manifest in my experience as the abundance of God. Now, she goes on to say on page, and I want to jump over a couple of things, page 129. She talks about a lot of stuff in this chapter, and it's not enough time to really teach this chapter in one sitting of a show. She says on page 129, something I think is very, very, very powerful. She says, sitting in the silence is not merely a sort of lazy drifting. It is a passive but a definite waiting upon God. When you want to do this, take a time when you are not likely to be disturbed. And when you can, for a little while, lay off all care. Begin your silence by lifting up your heart in prayer to the father of your being. So it's a couple of things. One, sitting in the silence does not mean sitting there thinking nothing. That's key. So she'll address that later in the book, but I might as well just deal with it now. It's not, okay, I'm just going to sit here and, and I'm going to try to think nothing. Nah, that's not going to happen. Next thing you know, you you start thinking about, you know, what you got to pick up at the store when you get off work or this assignment that has to be done or you got to go get 
some air in your tires or you got to put some stuff in the dry cleaners and all of that stuff comes with the moment you close your eyes and get still and you try not to think anything every type of thought that you could ever think of rushes into your mind you can start thinking about some tv show you want to see some silly commercial you know um you know, you can be trying to meditate and all of a sudden saying, OK, I'm just going to meditate, sit here and nothing. The next thing you know, that Geico commercial with the Kame Matumbo knocking the cereal out of kids hands pop up or anything. I mean, it's just literally anything can pop up in your head when you're trying not to think. It just doesn't work. That's why she says, first of all, be passive, but definite. In other words, this is an active state of mind. But you're waiting. It's active waiting. It's sort of like watching the the cat wait for the mouse or the bird. It's active waiting. All of his focus and attention is on one thing, even though it's not doing anything. Then she says, do this at a time where you're not likely to be disturbed. For some people, that means you got to get up before everybody else. Or, 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 you know, some people, that means... You know, while they're sitting in their garage before they pull off, they take five, ten minutes just sitting in the car. You know, read a little periodical, daily inspiration, a daily word, a science of mind, pray, get still, center themselves before they drive off. For some people, that means, you know, they they make little breaks within their day or during that part of their lunch period or when they get home or whatever. I don't know. But you have to make it a time when you know you won't be disturbed. You know, those who have children know that this can be challenging. That means you got to put some extra effort into it. But the point of it is, is do it when you won't be disturbed as much as you possibly can because you're setting a pattern. My suggestion would be this. Put it on your calendar, you know, whether that's in your smartphone or you still walk around with an actual physical calendar. Put definite times where you will Take out time to pray in your calendar, just like an appointment. Make an appointment with God. An appointment with God is this is the time I've set aside in my calendar for my own spiritual refreshment. If you can put a calendar for for Joe and, and Jane Doe to meet with you about X, Y, and Z, you can put in the calendar time for your prayer and your meditation. It's just that easy because once you put it in your calendar, it exists. It didn't exist before you put it in your calendar. You know, say so I'll get to it or I'll just, I, I, you know, I'll do it, you know, someday, you know, um, you know, someday never happens. You know, the, the famous uh, new thought and prosperity minister, uh, Reverend Ike, used to uh, say he wouldn't allow his in his church in, during the civil rights era for people to sing, we shall overcome someday, because he said someday is not any day of the week. And he didn't want someday uh, people singing about someday. He said, we shall overcome now. Now, because it, there's Sunday, there's Monday, there's Tuesday, there's Wednesday, there's Thursday, there's Friday, there's Saturday. Someday is not a day of the week. Someday never happens. You know, we, we we look for things to change and we haven't done anything that makes that will make it change. 
and wishful hoping on some day never happens. Do it now. Make a dedicated effort to say, this is what I'm going to do to enhance my spiritual growth. I'm going to put aside this amount of time daily or every other day. I would suggest daily, by the way. That's just my suggestion. But whatever you do, commit to it. Because I know people who are serious about their shows. They're in front of the TV to watch their TV shows every week or they DVR their shows now or TiVo them. They're serious about the time they put aside for this. They're serious about checking their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and all this other stuff. They got times where they do all of this. They're dedicated about checking their emails consistently. They're dedicated to making sure that they talk to certain people daily or a certain amount of times a week. We say we put God first, but how does that show up on our calendar? How does If you look at your calendar for the week, where's God in it besides Sunday or a class? That's great. Beautiful. But besides that, where does God show up? In other words, do we make God the last thing? Let me read this couple of pages before I go to bed. Next thing you know, you're sleeping. That's what we do. Okay, we'll get to this God thing at the last minute. We'll take care of everything else first. But if we say if we turn within and touch the hem of the garment, that it'll make our day easier because we're in the flow of God. But what we do is many times we make God the last thing. And then we wonder why life doesn't work because because if you're honest with yourself, you know the times when you know you're in the flow with God, stuff happens. You're like, wow. Miraculous things are happening. Doors are opening. Things I thought were going to be in my way. People who I thought were going to be in my way tend to get out of the way. It's amazing how things work out when you're prayed up. But instead of staying prayed up, we put God last. And when we put God last, it shows up in our lives as frustration and anxiety and suffering. Because we're trying to do it on our own. And the intellect, again, left on its own, can be brilliant or crazy. And a little bit of both and everything in between. So, I'm requesting of you today, today, take a look at your calendar and just put 15 minutes a day into your calendar just for prayer and meditation. Just for that. Some of you will say, well, I don't know how to pray and meditate. Read the chapter. Get the book, Lessons in Truth. Read the chapter. Find in the secret place over and over again. Develop your own method. Now, if you have a hard time developing a method, let me make some suggestions. Um, There's a couple of people who have good meditation tapes. Wayne Dyer. Uh, is getting in the gap, uh, meditations for manifest, manifesting, and several other things. He's really he has really good stuff. Uh, Shakti Gawain, uh, she has a CD called Creative Visualization Meditations. Now make sure it's not Creative Visualization. That's the book on CD. I'm talking about Creative Visualization Meditations. It's an excellent CD. Uh, Kelly Howe has excellent CDs on meditation, how to become still, etc. Do your own research. There's tons of stuff out there. 
some of them to music, some of them aren't, et cetera, et cetera. But if they can help you at least start into the guided process, there's things you can go online and listen to. You can go to YouTube and get meditation music. Sit in front of your computer, sit in the seat comfortably, put the music on. Some of it is guided, some some of it is just reflective. Some people just need some piano music or some light guitar or whatever. There's some people who even do it with brainwave therapy, like Kelly Howe. The point of it is this. I'm requesting that you put into your calendar today time for your own meditation experience every day for 15 minutes. Now, I I wish I was standing in front of all of you who are listening to this, and I know it's a decent amount of folks listening, and we'll listen to this later. I would really hope that you take this on. You don't have to believe me. Try it and see if it works. My suggestion would also be that you do it earlier in the day so you can get the benefit of it in your day. Work with it. You'll be guided by the spirit to to know what to do and how to do it. Okay, looks like we have a caller on the line, a Wiley. Are you there? How are you? I'm yes, excellent. I am. Where are you calling from, Wiley? I am actually down in Columbus, Georgia. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful. Columbus, Georgia. Um, uh, wh- do you have a question or comment? Actually, I have a comment. Um, just to let you know, I'm a Johnny Coleman baby, and um, I've actually um, have two things. The first thing is acceptance. I think when you were speaking in the first uh, segment, um, having the ability to go ahead and accept um, not only where you are in your spirituality as in your journey, but then um, it's like almost each time you take a step forward and you have more revelations, not being scared of them, but actually coming to a point of accepting and knowing that you're, you're almost worthy of actually what is being revealed to you. Because I think, like you were saying before, so many times you are seeing what the world impresses you with when it comes to intellect, but you almost have to go inside and, and, and actually understand what God is, is, is showing you or revealing to you. And often it's amazing how you were just saying so many people don't take out time for God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things that I teach as a therapist is to actually set at least 15 minutes of your time to actually just becoming still with yourself. And what I've always used is, um, as an example, is 7.15 every morning. From 7.15 to 7.30, you know not to call me because I, I'm actually having my time with God. Now, after that, I'm looking for my favorite music of the day to set the tone of my day, but I just have to have that time or else I'm just not right that day. Got it. Got it. Well, you you set um, your own pattern for your own growth and development, and obviously the benefit of it is shown in your life and with those who you help because in that process of being still and being consistent 
And uh, what I mean by that is keeping it in existence for yourself. You set the pattern. And then, and now people know, don't call me during this time because I'm doing my inner work. And, and it, and I, and I tell people, you know, when, when it's, when it's really, really serious, when I really want to really work with something, I'll call the people who I talk to normally, even and say, hey, next three, four days, uh, after this, time don't call me i'm doing my prayer work i'm doing my study work i'm doing my meditation work and and could be doing that for hours a night sometimes you got to turn it up a notch but minimally i would suggest as you do have your own prayer time your own meditation time your own music uh and the things you need to do to set your day off right instead of getting up and just going about the routine and getting on the treadmill and just running without necessarily getting your spiritual food so thank you a lot for that, um, for that, uh, sh- for your sharing. And do you still have folks here at CUT? Yes, I have several people there. Um, Reverend Charles Stewart, my goddad, and um, he actually, he and I talk often, as well as um, my mother has always been um, a member of the church. So. Just having the ability to reach out to different people and friends that um, are still affiliated with the church. Many of my friends where we were a CT and we've moved throughout not the only not only through the United States but even um, overseas. I have a friend that's in Holland that actually is from CET. So just to connect um, briefly with everyone every so often and to remember all the principles that are taught and then to kind of reflect on them each and every day is just amazing. It's just so wonderful. Well, thank you, Wiley, for sharing. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call and stay in contact. Wonderful. I will. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break or our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Jenny is looking for an adventure. I love new cities. The culture, the architecture, the food. Joy prefers a little R&R. Just give me a book and cozy chair along the ocean. And maybe a massage or spa treatment. Both are spiritually minded. The cave temples in Sri Lanka sound amazing. What a life-changing experience. Studying Eastern spirituality, going right to the source. It's the journey of a lifetime. Both Jenny and Joy will find exactly what they're seeking on Spirit of the East, a 14-day voyage from Singapore to Mumbai. And so will you. Join us April 17th to May 1st, 2013. Spirit of the East, a perfect blend of relaxation and adventure. Explore more at unity.org slash spiritoftheeast. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. 
You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And again, we are studying the book Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady. And I'm teaching Chapter 10, Finding the Secret Place. We have a caller on the line named Karen. Karen, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Karen. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Georgia. Okay. Oh, two Georgia calls in one day. What part of Georgia? Uh, Decula. Okay. I don't know where that's at, but it's a guy beautiful. It's, uh, it's outside of uh, Atlanta. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Do you have a question or comment? I do. Um, I've been, I didn't get to hear the first part of the lesson because I came in too late, but... Um, just from listening to the lessons and just studying, it just seems to me that the meditation is, I don't want to say more important than prayer, and I guess that's what I would like you to speak about, um, because it just seems to me, just from listening to you, that um, the meditation time is when we really are, are connecting with God. And then I was just thinking that the prayer I was, you know, reading where it says not to be beseeching or begging God. So since that's what most of us were, that's how most of us were taught how to pray, I guess I'm just a little confused. So if God already knows what I need or or whatever, then I guess I shouldn't be asking him because he already knows, right? So the praying is more for me to get in line. Is that right? Well, well, I'll go with the last sentence that you said. Uh, okay. with, with the prayers to get you in alignment is not to change God. Uh, now, here's here's a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not laying levels of importance on anything because mm-hmm. God works through you individually. What I'm saying with the meditation time is we do the prayer work, and, and let's just be clear on on meditation is a form of prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the way we teach it. In uh, at Christ Universal Temple is is layered. There's basically affirmative prayer. You learned that with the denials and affirmation chapter in here. That's a form of praying because it's, it's disciplining the mind. And so 
when we pray, we're not praying to to beseech or beg God out of something. We're declaring truth in our experience. Uh, so we're speaking the word for truth in our experience. So that's a form of prayer. It's legitimate and it gets desired results. But the uh, prayer then isn't to God, though. The prayer is to me. Is the, pr- right? the, 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 the prayer is to get your consciousness in alignment with the truth that already is. Okay. 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 We're not talking about personal God who has some goodies and takes the goodies out of the bag and gives it to us. We're talking about uh, unlimited divine substance that's formed and shaped by our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and word through divine law. So when you so so I think the concept that I would just suggest that you look at is. Really going back and looking at the book, the statement of being, a chapter statement of being in the book, and really getting a grasp of when you're talking about God, that you're talking about universal principle, divine law, mind action. Uh, that doesn't take away from the, the aspect of God as comforter, as love, and etc. but just a grasp that you're not dealing with a personality as we understand personality to be. Does that, so that's one thing. Now, when we start talking about praying, we're not, the New Thought Christian is not necessarily praying to make a deal with God. God, if you do this, then I'll do that, et cetera, et cetera. You know, God um, changed them, God, et cetera. What the New Thought Christian is doing, or the New Thought, some people don't use the term New Thought Christian. I, that's just a term I use, is to to affirm the truth of God in the experience. So, so in the midst of a situation and experience, you're affirming the truth. Now, one of the things that you do when you affirm the truth and deny error is one, you 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 release the power that something has over your that you believe has over you. Nothing has power over you, but you can believe it does. Then, when you affirm the truth, what you're doing is parking your mind where you want it to be instead of where it was going. You know, it's sort of like um, it's sort of like Putting your car in brake and then pulling up the emergency brake. My mind is staying here. God is the source of my supply. God is the health in my body. God is the peace in my soul. Whatever that is, you're affirming that. So when we pray, we're talking about that level of prayer. Calling forth those things that be not as though they were, as the Bible would say it. Then, when we start talking about meditation, as we start to pray and contemplate on the truth about God. So whatever you're affirming and praying, you get to the point where you start to take that into your contemplation. So contemplation is another form of prayer. Matter of fact, um, uh, prayer in Aramaic, the language of Jesus, according to Dr. Rocco Erico, means to set a trap or to ensnare. So you're making your mind sensitive. So as you start to concentrate and reflect, you're making your mind sensitive to the point to where it is getting in tune with this higher level of awareness that we're calling the secret place or the Christ mind. That infuses the rest of your being with with power, love, and peace, joy, and prosperity that was latent and maybe not accessible at certain levels of consciousness. You're always working divine law. I just want to be clear about that because you're, you're always thinking. You're always feeling. You're, your consciousness is always at work. Therefore, you're always producing. What we're saying with the meditation is as you learn how to contemplate on truth, something as simple as I and the Father are one or the Father and I are one and just contemplate it. And just contemplate it. 
and just contemplate it. Eventually, that contemplation leads you to a place beyond the contemplation. Now, where that leads you, I can't say. But it'll lead you to a place beyond the thought and beyond the word. And then you will receive how you understand it, what God is seeking to express through you. I say it this way. Some, when, when, when I do my prayer work and meditation work or whatever, nothing might happen. But then I might be driving in my car and all of a sudden do this, say this, call this person, etc. Insight on how to put lessons together, ideas for, for work, etc. They just start coming. So I'm not hearing a voice. I'm hearing the stream of my own thoughts. Some people get intuitive feelings, gut feelings, intuitive knowing. Some people, you know, say they hear a voice. I don't know. But I will say this, Karen, as you do the work, do the work and and actually be on the field with your prayer time and your meditation time, your contemplation, it will start to reveal itself to you. Now, revelation is one level. And I want you to really get this. Revelation is great, but revelation does not necessarily mean manifestation. Once it's revealed, you still have to have a realization of what was revealed. So I'll, I have my little formula. I ca- I'll call it revelation plus realization equals manifestation. Because many times the dream, the goal, or whatever or God has placed on the heart will come to us. But we don't have a realization for it. So the time period between actually getting the revelation and the manifestation can seem very long. Because we're wrestling with, like Jacob wrestling with God before he met with to meet his brother Esau. Uh, and he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. We're wrestling with our higher ambitions and ideals until we can have a realization of what it really means to have that dream, that goal, or that, uh, or that revelation be experienced in our lives. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So, yeah. so, right, so, so part of, of working with the secret place, I would suggest to you and those who are listening is, as you start off and she, with affirmative prayer, but not hard and demanding, just very soft and reflective. Find some prayers or some scriptures that you really like and just reflect on them. Pray them, affirm them, affirm them, and take them into your contemplative thought. Breathe, then affirm it again. Breathe, then affirm it again. Breathe, and affirm it again. And allow the thought to take you. Allow the thought, and I know that sounds weird, but you can only do it. I can't explain it. You can only do it. Allow the thought, your own contemplation, to take you where you want where it can lead you it'll lead you to deeper aspects of your own being and then you will come in contact with the with greater truth in yourself but but i can't tell you what that looks like for you i can only tell you what that looks like for me because i'm experiencing it Mm -hmm. so 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 my suggestion would be obviously you're not begging or beseeching god for anything Mm -hmm. you work with the work with the denials and affirmations but when you get to the part of the meditation where you're contemplating, you're praying, you're praying, God is the source of my supply. God is the source of my supply. The last thing I'll say about this, because I'm about to run out of time on the show, is this. Charles Fillmore, when he did the concept of the 12 powers of man, was very similar to almost some of the ancient Eastern technologies of meditation. Go to this part of your head, affirm the Christ of God is awakening me. Go to this part. You know, Christ in me calls forth, you know, faith. Go to this other part. And he was doing it in different parts of the body. 
So what he was actually doing, and not besides meditating and speaking the word, he was actually infusing the different centers in his body with the spiritual energy. So not only would it help his mind, but it also made his body stronger. That's one of the hidden aspects that people don't talk about with the 12 powers concept. So with that, I'm really going to have to stop, Karen, because I'm, I've really run out of time. Hopefully it was beneficial to you. And keep listening and, and call in any time, okay? All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless. So uh, so we're going to have to wrap it up today with the secret place. I hope that some of these things that were discussed between the calls and what I taught before the calls or in the calls will help you. God bless all of you and know that truth does transform. I'll be back with you next week and we'll be teaching the chapter on spiritual gifts. Take care. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Catuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell 
licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Debbie-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.